0: you up and i spit you out and i play with your till you and shout. Oh, yeah. oh yeah hello 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 and welcome to burn it all down the feminist sports podcast that you both want and need I am Lindsay Gibbs and today on this show I am joined by all of my co-hosts we have Dr. Amir Rose Davis and Jessica Luther from Austin, Texas. Hello. Hey. Hello. <laughs> we have Dr. Brenda Elsie in New York. Hi, Bren. Hi. Hi. And we have Shereen Ahmed in uh, Texas. Tech- uh, not in Texas. Good Lord. Surprise. My brain is fried. <laughs> in the opposite of Texas, in Canada. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Toronto is the word I was looking for. It does start with a T. Um. We've got a show, big show today. We've got a big, big burn pile. We have some really great torchbearers. Really excited for our show. We've got an important announcement, so uh, stay tuned with us. Um, and also just want to give a shout out to our Patreon. Be sure we've got a lot of great content over there that you should check out. Um, first of all, let's just kind of start. Let's ease into this episode a little bit because Halloween is coming up. And I know that some of my co-hosts, I am not a Halloween person myself, but I know that some of my co-hosts are, and all of my co-hosts, I'm the only one without children, so I wanted to see what our Halloween plans are, what our costume plans are, and I have to start with Brenda because when you talk about Halloween, you start with Brenda.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love that. Thank you. Um, I have some bunny ears and a bunny onesie. I have some temporary face tattoos that I may or may not get used to. I have a cigar that is like LED and an empty bottle of Jack. And so I'm a bad period bunny. Of course, of course. I love that. So I'm really excited about that. Amazing. Really pumped.
2: Are are you doing family photos in the cemetery
1: this year? Probably. Right. So this is a source (laughs) of debate right now. Um, And I've like emotionally let go and told them they did not need to match. But I have this hope that they'll acquiesce to doing a photo in a cemetery with us all in different like sports equipment, kind of like Royal bombs with like (laughs) Maya, the oldest, with like some tennis headband from the 70s and like a tennis racket. So I don't know. We'll see. They're kind of too old to bribe anymore. They don't even really like candy. So I'm not sure what I can offer. But yeah, I'm pumped incredible uh Jess
2: I feel like I am the opposite of Brenda I don't have anywhere to go you
0: used to be really good with costumes
2: you used to go all out I know well (laughs) my kid has given up on them so (laughs) it's too much effort yeah I mean I could make Aaron and I get in a costume but we would just be like standing in our front lawn having our picture taken in our costumes and then going back inside so I didn't do it this year my kid is going to some Halloween event and I'm trying to convince him to wear an old costume of Aaron's and dress up as Luigi because he's going to a video game Halloween costume thing Um, so we'll see if that even works I feel like he's going to say no to that too so yeah opposite of the Elsie household over here Amira, what's going
0: on Uh, in your neck of the woods? You have many little ones. Um,
3: Yeah, they're around. Um, (laughs) It's chaos. So Zachary's going as... um, I don't know how to explain his costume. It's an inflatable... Dinosaur that it looks like he's riding. Oh, nice! You know what I mean? Mm Yeah, can't wait for those photos. Um, Yeah, I want one of those. I I guess he's like a dino rider explorer. Unclear. oh
0: dino cowboy.
3: Dino cowboy. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I have no idea how long the costume will like last, but you know. And then Jackson's going as Naruto, um, anime character. But you will be happy to know that the costume didn't come with the weapons, so Jackson made origami knives, which I didn't know he knew how to do. He is very creative. He said, I needed four pieces of paper to fold into one knife, and they're kind of sharp, and he made four of them. And then Samari is going, at, got pulled into doing a group con, uh, cut, like whatever, with her friends, and they're going as... Scooby and the gang so Scooby-Doo is being Scooby-Doo and Samari's being Velma but she's in a standoff with everybody about wearing the Velma wig because she wants to be sexy Velma. I just want you to know that the orange sweatshirt is a crop top and I got a perfectly reasonable red skirt that was apparently too long and reader it was not too long um, and so, you know, teenagers. Amazing. She has to wear the wig. She I know. She said, wig. I'll wear the glasses, but the, the bob is not it. So, that's where we are.
0: <laughs> are you doing, are you dressing up at all? Just, like, full chaos. I
3: have, like, a throwback <laughs> MTV shirt that's, like, with spider webs on it, because it's, like, a Halloween MTV throwback shirt. And I have, like, spidery leggings, and I'll probably, like, just put some makeup on and, um, be cute and exist. Cool.
0: Last year, um, I got Mo a hot dog costume, and I got a hat that was french fries, um, and we went to a dog, the dog bar Halloween party, so we might do that again this year. Shereen, I know you have also have
4: something planned. I love Halloween. My kids are too old. They're very invested in candy. In fact, I bought some, and it's already finished. So I'm going to get more. Um, I don't get a lot of kids. Last last year it rained. And I love Halloween. Like I want the music. I put stuff on the door. But I just don't get. Like I'm literally out there encouraging the kids to come to my house. But that's creepy and weird. So I'm going to not do that. You're like again. luring them <laughs> there? luring them with the kids. I, just, <laughs> oh, I love them. And I want them to come. I also live in a townhouse with stairs. And I think they just. They find it easier. There's another. I know this from my children. There's another group of townhomes in my area and they don't have stairs and it's easier for the kids to hit the homes and get the maximized amount of candy in their plan. I'm not one of those homes. So that's sad for me. As far as my costume, I was going to go as a trophy wife, just as myself, but then I decided I'm going to.
0: I love how, I love how matter of factly you
4: said that. Yeah, <laughs> like, like the obviousness of it. The yes. obvious. It's
0: everybody knows. In yeah. My
4: <laughs> Palestine cap and my sports bra t shirt. Uh, yes. No. I. I will probably end up going as the biggest fan of burn it all down and amira has given me new uh stuff and accessories and notre dame so i've got keychains and pins and decals and i'll probably go as the world's greatest flamethrower which i think is inappropriate if i mean if i'm not a trophy wife i'm definitely that so i think i'll probably do that and stand on my door and be like burn it all down and then nobody will come <laughs> so, so this is
0: no different than <laughs> most days <laughs>
4: I'm, I'm missing the costume element
0: of this, but okay. Before we get going into our main segment and our announcement, I want to send our love again to Brittany Greiner over in Russia. Um, her appeal was denied today, which was not unexpected. The hope is that um, she will – that this will – make Russia more eager to enter into negotiations now that the full legal process is done and also that they will be slow to move her to an actual penal colony. She has been, you know, in Jail, more short-term jail, which is better conditions than the penal colony so far. So the hope is that she will get home before she gets officially moved to penal colony. I'm just going to read the WNBA Players Association statement that they um, released after the decision on the appeal. Quote, the courage and integrity Brittany Griner has displayed throughout her wrongful detainment should motivate every American to join our campaign to bring her home to her family without any further delay. Brittany has repeatedly taken responsibility and made clear that she never intended to break Russian laws. While their legal system is very different from ours, there is no doubt that the original sentence she received was extreme, even for the Russian legal system. This appeal is further verification that BG is not just wrongfully detained. She is very clearly a hostage. Let us not be divided in this moment. Rallying around BG and all wrongfully detained Americans is the common thread of humanity that unites us without regard to ideology or political party. We must unite and support the stated public commitment of the Biden administration and congressional leaders to do everything possible to get her home, Likewise, we strongly encourage leadership at FIBA, USA Basketball, and across the entire global sport community to voice their support for BG and join our campaign with a daily public call to action. No athlete should be used as a political pawn. All right, moving on to our main segment today. It's actually announcement time. <laughs> this is going to be kind of uh, difficult to talk about. Um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna dive right into it, friends. Um, <sighs> Uh, We are announcing a a hiatus for Burn It All Down. This is a decision that has been difficult to come to, but I think one that we are all really excited about. I want to stress the top, this is not a goodbye (laughs) forever. This is not an ending. This is a break and a regrouping. Um, We've been doing Burn It All Down for five and a half years, weekly shows and interviews with very few breaks 267 weekly episodes and 469 total episodes when we include our hot takes and interviews. We love this show so much, but we want to kind of figure out a way to make this more sustainable financially, you know, maybe take some creative risks, and it's very hard to figure out new directions when you're constantly putting out weekly episodes. Um, And we want to be really honest with you all about this. So we're going to take a little break and then we're going to reconvene as a team in the new year and start working towards a new future for the show. We're very excited about this and um, also sad, mixed emotions. Um, A a few other just things to, to stress. We are ending our relationship with Blue Wire at the end of this month and we'll close our Patreon at the end of November um, we are still available for live shows and open for live shows. And we have a few on the calendar already for next year, um, that we will announce at a later date. But if you're interested in having us come to do a live show, get in touch. Um, and yeah, we just, we're so grateful for all of your support and hope that, you know, even through this hiatus, we'll continue to get your support. Um, feelings, thoughts, team, how are we, how are we doing? Jess, did I miss anything?
2: No, I think you got it all. Uh, I feel like all sorts of things right now. Like, I won't lie. There's a relief to it. This is, we can't overstate the rigor of putting out a weekly show twice a week. Uh, uh, it As soon as we finish one, we go right into the next. And it's just a constant churn. Uh, and that part is hard. Uh, five and a half years of that has been hard. Uh, at the same time, anytime we're here recording together, I I love it. Uh, so I feel sad right now looking at you all and knowing that we aren't going to do this for a while. Shit. <laughs> it's my natural state crying. Um, so I feel all the things right now. I feel uh, grateful for the community around us. Like I wanted to say thank you for like, I, I've tried to respond to every email that we get from people. I'm not always great about it. But we get these lovely emails. We get Patreon comments. We get tweets. I We get people who come up to us in person to tell us how much this podcast means to them. And I'm feeling all that right now. I'm feeling very grateful um, for all of that. And it's I'm crying, so it sounds like <laughs> we really are trying to combat the idea that this is the end but just knowing that it's changing and anyway is I got feelings about it.
0: Yeah, we're this is uh, this is a lot. Bren, how are you how are you feeling?
1: Um, you know, similarly vacillating between gratitude and relief. Um because things are just really a lot right now. Um like I just have a lot of work and also pissed because I think there's a lot of stupid sports analysis out there that make a lot more money and that would allow us to keep going. And so I'm angry that like that bullshit like is just out there because I can just be really honest. Like if I could quit a bunch of activities and didn't have to give six talks for the rest of the year, you know, or whatever, like like I feel like I could throw more into being a more productive um, contributor to this podcast then I feel like that would be the best thing I could do and yet you know besides teaching which is you know then trench warfare but I mean you know it's it's so I guess I get kind of like upset that I see you know more traditional um and not that they're bad but more more well I mean and yeah like some are really bad like you know why is Stephen A. Smith making millions of dollars and like you know, we're not. And we know the answer to that. And it's not because he knows more about sports. So that's a bummer a little bit to me. Yeah.
2: Brenda, I recently saw a commercial. I don't know what I was watching soccer probably. Um Yay. For the Skip Bayless, Shannon Sharp show. And they just like sell it by these, like they're like, these men yell at each other. <laughs> exactly. and I was like exhausted <laughs> yeah. from just watching the commercial. Totally. I was like, I can't even imagine consuming this on a daily basis. Um... So I feel that anger about, like, what actually gets support and what it does not in this universe.
1: Yeah. Like, I, I hoped you know, to see, barf, uh, you know, barf stool and their downfall much quicker. And I would, you know, so I, and I, I guess I'm, like, also afraid that my head's going to explode because I'm so mad all the time about <laughs> sports stuff. Mm-hmm. And then everyone here helps me and makes me think smartly about it. And not just emotionally. So I'm also afraid that, like, like maybe the top of my head will just look, like, just, you know, I will be like our logo. Like, my head will be on fire.
4: <laughs> Shreen? Um, I think I'm the one, part of what this group has taught me is to embrace the change. I'm the one that doesn't like the change. I remember when we were talking about our logo change a couple of years ago. I was like, oh, my gosh. Because I can't, because this... This collaborative has been the most stable thing in my life, Uh, professionally and probably emotionally speaking. I've been through some massive, we allude to this all the time. Like, look, y'all, my family, like my marriage fell apart, like in the middle of like one of our shows actually I think I was logged on to be on that day and they were like texting me going you don't have to be on today if you don't want to (laughs) and like I've navigated through you know depression and anxiety all through this group and change makes me very nervous because I never had the confidence and having this support like Jess said has meant that I've been able to do things and fly when my own wings couldn't hold me yours did. So that has been like transformative, and as I teach sports media, the more I know in sports journalism how important print It All Down is, and I cannot emphasize that enough. I'm in classrooms, and these students have been inundated with the media that Brenda referee, um, refers to that makes her head want to explode because I see how subpar those analyses are, and You know, I'm not out here trying to say we're smarter than everyone else, but we do something so unique. We do something with a mix of, you know, the experience and the actual personality that we have. And from a lens that doesn't harm people has been transformative for me in my work. And I can hold my head up high and say this is something that we've done. And Jessica said, you said said we were vanguards when we were at Notre Dame to somebody, I'm so glad you said that because it's okay to embrace it. And at the same time, as we hate capitalist models and, you know, I've learned from Brenda, you know, I'm not going to quite call myself, you know, I've got Amazon prime. Let's not fucking lie about that. But like the, the reality is, is that, you know, we've encouraged other people to be in this space and that is part of the legacy and this isn't a goodbye, but it's also a reality that this is really hard and it's, this was never about the money. This was never a, but we, like, if we were going to compare ourselves to what would have fairly been remuneration from day one, we would be, we would have that jet plane that we talked about at the vision at our five year. We would have that stuff, but this is not about that. This is creating spaces and hopefully blazing trails for people. But at the same time, we have bills to pay. This is not our main job. For a lot of us, this is our third and fourth job. It's a lot of work and we love it so desperately. But that sustainability piece is really key here. Like we have a gift to give the world, you know, and it's sparkly and fiery and magnificent. And, but we're tired. Like we're tired and we need to re-strategize and come together. And it's like a, it's not a goodbye. It's an auf Wiedersehen. Literally, we'll see you again. You know, that th- those, and I'm going to be really tacky. Like, au revoir doesn't mean goodbye. It means when I see you again. And, like, I'll, you know, I like could sing a song from the sound of music right now, but like, <laughs> <laughs> <it's> like <laughs> don't. So long, farewell. <laughs> of course. But it's not a goodbye. It's literally, I will see you again. These people aren't rid of me. They know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amira?
3: Yeah. um I'm just really proud of us. It's, like, really hard to take time for yourself. And, like, none of us are very good at doing that.
2: (laughs) No, we are terrible at it, actually. We're, like, really (laughs) terrible at doing that. And it's, like...
3: Even when we've tried to take breaks before, I mean, it took us like three and a half years to even take (laughs) like two weeks. And um, even when we try to do that, we still work through it. Um, And there's a way that, you know, part of what we push and have pushed each other and have pushed the show to try to do is present new models of doing things, new ways of thinking about sports and how we interact with each other and, and really possibilities and reinvigorating our imagination. Um, and we haven't had space to do that for ourselves or for our show um, because we took that so seriously and um, we embraced the grind because we knew what we were doing was important. And um, it's, it's really, I, I won't repeat what everybody said, but I, I just want to say I'm really proud of, of the fact that we were able to get to a space where we all collectively said, yeah, we need to exhale. Um, and in doing so, we have such a belief in like what it looks like to look at this project and this team anew, and what it looks like to renew and rejuvenate and, and pour energy and creativity into a space to elevate it even more and to come back to it, not with like burnout, um, but with Fresh Lens, you know, there's a way that why Brenda's saying Burn On, Not Out became the tagline of the show because we recognized that work was hard and everybody was dealing with things. The pandemic was hard. It's still hard for our listeners, for our team, for us behind the scenes. And we really believe that. And this is such an effort to not burn out. And the flame will keep going. And we know y'all we'll keep it lit and going and blazing as well. And I can't wait to reconfigure and figure out how like we continue to feed that fire. Um and and so I'm just really proud. And just like, you know, like it's it's really yeah really big deal for us to do this.
0: I want to say that we we did a lot of reflecting um, back to the past to Burn All Down and around our fifth anniversary, which was earlier this year. We'll link those episodes in the show notes. just so want to echo everything that my co-host said. And um, this is change is uncomfortable <laughs> and uh, m- moving forward is scary. So, you know, I think that's a big thing, like one of my big things in therapy that I've been working on is how comfortable I am with this status quo, right? With being broke and burned out and, uh and solo and you know um living you know paycheck to paycheck and like how like that's my comfort space right and how like no matter what I do I keep defaulting back to that right like you know I take steps forward and I keep defaulting back to that because you know you have to kind of imagine a new future for yourself and it's really hard to live in that and I think that what we are doing with this break is giving us the chance to fight for something even bigger and better, um, for us. And, um, that's, that takes strength and courage and, uh, it makes me really uncomfortable, <laughs> <laughs> but I want to, uh, talk a little bit about what we do have coming up, um, all in our lives. Um, none of us are going, unfortunately on like a two month long vacation. I think like what's, uh, I must admit what's hypocritical about what all we're saying is like, we're clearing off this to make space for more work <laughs> and other projects that will hopefully get us a little bit more money. But you know, those other projects are necessary and this is still part of self care, but I just kind wanted of wanted to go around, just kind of talk about the future a little bit. And um, you know, I, I can start, which is that I'm going to use this time like the next two months to just be fully focused on growing power plays This goes back to what I've been – what I was saying about realizing how scared I am to be successful, which sounds super fucking self-indulgent, I know. But, like, it's true. Like, it's like – and especially doing. So I'm really – going to focus on growth. And, you know, I think like even the past two days, you know, I had big writing plans or power plays and, and getting things called up. And I've ended up working mainly just on this podcast so far this week. Right. Um, and that's how... That's how it happens. And so I'm looking forward to a little bit more structured time and place. I really want to get back to the point where I have profits in power plays, which will allow me to travel, um, to go watch women's sports live. Um, And, you know, I really want 2023 to be a year of um, travel for power plays, but that can't happen until I grow my subscriber base and – I'm really going to focus on that. But, you know, if you follow my Twitter, be a lot of women's college basketball (laughs) coming up. And, you know, I hope that this all gets me to the point where you can see me on the road. Uh, and in person, um, you know, paving my own way and continuing to do that. So, you know, I also have a three plus year overdue book um, and a big podcast project that needs to find a new home. So there's other things as well. I don't know. There's just, I can't believe there's only two months left in the year and I'm on like April of my to-do list, I feel like. (laughs) Uh, anyways, um, I'm excited. You
4: have a
1: to do list. We were supposed to have a to do no, list.
0: No, shut, I don't know, um, <laughs> Brenda.
1: Um, yeah, I feel kind of bad because I also have sort of a list of working things that immediately came to mind when we, um, said that we were doing this. I have a very overdue book, uh, University of North Carolina Press, um, called Losing to Win. This um, is about the politics of sport in Latin America. Surprise! Total U-turn. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go to Cuba and the Dominican Republic because of the chapters on Afro-Cuban and Afro-Dominican baseball in the in the early 20th century. Um, and so I'm I'm psyched about all that. But that's like a lot of work. And yes, I'm going to the World Cup, and I'm gonna oversee that anti-discrimination schema, as they call it. I keep trying to tell FIFA that scheme is not an awesome way in U.S. <laughs> English to refer to a project. Especially coming from FIFA. <laughs> Precisely. Right. Say, you know, right. maybe scheme is not what we're aiming for here. And I'm not working for FIFA, but we're NGO is contracted by them. Um, but really, also, um, I've, you know, like everyone, like struggling with like the fact that like, you know... The world is really sort of like difficult, and whether that's like political, sort of or, like difficult, isn't yeah, that? or like economic, or like it's, it's burning up because we've ruined
3: it, it's literally on fire. We're at the end of it, right? Or
1: like any number of things that depress me. Um, you know, I do. I've been walking a lot. I I can't run because of uh, health stuff, so I've been walking like six to eight miles, and sometimes. Um, I call my co-host and sometimes I like call my, my mom and I'm going to hopefully do a lot of that. Like that just, just to like sort of like calm, regular things, not like call them while I'm typing something out and like not call them while, you know what I mean? Like this is the, that's the stuff I do though. You know, I'm like eating cereal, correcting a paper, um, watching the game on record and I don't know petting the cat with my toes like I would like to do one thing at a time some of the times so that's my goal sorry that was long I love it I love it
3: <laughs> Amira yeah I mean the name of the game is the book um it's due in January so I need to remind read. people what it's about <laughs> sorry I'm so tired of the book um, it's called Can't Eat a Metal, The Lives and Labors of Black Women Athletes, and it's a look at the historical um, rise of the sporting opportunities for black girls and women in the United States in the mid-20th century. Um, it gives you a kind of prehistory of what sporting opportunities looked like before Title IX, which was quite robust in the black community. Um, and then I also look a lot at their athletic labor and their symbolic burden. I've been working on it for like a decade, and I'm tired. Um, and so this is the final push, for real this time. And I'm that's the that's the biggest thing by far. But um, I also have another book project that I'm kind of simultaneously getting started. I'm also um, editing a special issue of American Quarterly on sports and embodiment, which is due to come out next year. It's um, a lot of lifting right now because we're reading a bunch of articles and I think it'll be really cool. I'm really excited. I'm co-editing with Joe Darda. Um, So looking forward to that. I have a children's book coming out in time for the 2024 game. So that's kind of cool. Um, And a few other projects that are in various stages that I'm always kind of juggling. Um, And I'm just trying to, like, I, I kind of transitioned my life across the country to a new institution and a new city and all of that, like, uh, quickly. <laughs> and so uh, we're all still, I'm, I'm mostly settled, but I'm still trying to build routines and um, breathe a little bit and just not always be running one sprint after another and then burning out and then the sprint and sprint and sprint and then burning out. Um, and so that's kind of what I have on my plate. But I will say me and Jessica went to formula one this weekend and I just like loved, like we didn't watch the race there cause I don't want to watch that, but like, I loved the atmosphere. Like I really enjoyed the experience and now I feel like I have this terrible mission That has been given to me because I am invested in seeing the difference between circuits and spaces and atmospheres. And so this is like my new thing. Like, I'm just, I mean, like, and it lets me travel. So I'm like, what projects can I do that lets me go to every single circuit? Is
0: it bad that I thought? Oh, there's your new ADHD hyper-focus. Like, there it oh is. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
2: Lindsay, you don't even know. I mean, this know. has been my you pandemic thing. You don't even thing. know. You don't no. get all the f Jessica, <laughs> Jessica
3: and Paulina, we have, like, a pit crew group chat. And it's. I feel bad for them because they both, like, put their phone on silence and go to bed. And then wake up with twenty seven messages from whatever deep dive I'm doing that day. That is like a combination of articles, Reddit threads, tweets. And I'm like, here is your report every morning. It's like you can think of me as like your daily report of like like everything you need to know this morning. I
4: love that. I think that's so cool. I have a student who's like obsessed with F one and Amira. I might refer them to you and your commentary because they. They they are like every assignment is on F1 and they talk to me like I know what they're talking about. I'm like, do I look like Dr. Amir Rose Davis right now? But I I love that. I think that's so cool because it's also you're encouraging and this love that you have is encouraging me to take up something else and learn something new. So thank yeah. you for that. Well, it's nice
3: to learn something new. I think that's one of the big things, right, is like we know sports. <laughs> we know a lot of sports. I don't want to learn about pickleball. Um, I was
4: just about to say I'm going to do
3: pickleball. I was just about to say that. Like, good luck with that. I'm like, I did some for last week's episode. I'm done. <laughs> like, but I think part of it has been like a really what we've done on the show is learn new things and and find new interests. And I'm like just really excited to get into to a new sport.
4: Shereen, um, I am doing lots of things too. Not it doesn't sound as orderly. I have sticky notes all over my desk. Uh, of things I'm doing I am like busy with the CBC and one of the things that and and I love it I love CBC sports Uh, we had a departmental sale and I got like all this clothing we don't get free clothing because we're a public broadcaster and we can't be using taxpayer money to buy like outfits for ourselves but we were gifted a sweatshirt so that was nice and then I went and got like a water bottle and like you know, like a reusable cutlery set. Um, but to answer your question, which is something I probably should do, I'm taking broadcast coaching. They've asked me to do broadcast coaching, which I think is so funny because I was like, does that involve me, like, on air? Which I think is always funny because, like, I've gotten so comfortable behind my keyboard and even – and and with the thanks to Tressa who – and I, I can't state the overstate how important it is, Tressa, because I'm going to cry right now – that you've made me feel really good at what I do. So thank you for that. You made me feel like I'm actually really good at this. And I'm probably not, but your edits make me sound that way. So I love you. And not discouraging me from like getting random instruments or stuff,
2: you know, like sound clips. Don't take random instruments on the CBC, Shereen. That's my media training <laughs> what tip. For random you.
0: instruments? Are you talking
4: about? <laughs> like, if I want a xylophone or glockenspiel oh, or morocco, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, Tress doesn't mean. not rigid. She's not like no. She's like, okay, I'll think about it. Like, you know, she's very measured. So I appreciate that. But you know, me trying new things. Like, if you told me five years ago I would be on air, I would be terrified. But I feel like I'm gonna try this it could be funny for everybody, but I'm going to try it. And, you know, I have some other stuff coming up. I'm doing traveling. I'm teaching like a lot this semester, but I'm not teaching next. I'm doing a a talk at the American Kinesiology Association in San Diego at the end of January. I'm going to the University of Southern Illinois in February to do a keynote there. So I'm doing like some traveling and, and I'm learning most importantly, how to say no to things. Um, I'm really bad at it, but I'm learning. Like Jahad just said to me on the weekend, because I worked seven days last week, she's like, can you just sit at home? So my 20-year-old is curled up with a book, like teaching me and learning and constantly unlearning things. So I mean, it's funny that everyone's talking about a book, because I've had one in me for a long time, and I never knew how it would manifest. Uh, Speaking of which, I may hit y'all up for an interview at some point. So uh, FYI, but. Yeah, nothing, nothing cemented, just things that are in the works. Um, and so I'm really happy where I am to be stable at a place in my career where I feel like I'm growing in the way that I want to be and open enough to creative stuff. Um, so I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm also uh, going to the World Cup, will not be reporting while I'm there, but I'm going to try to follow Brenda around as much as possible. Uh, and um, something that I'm really excited about in Qatar is when you go to Starbucks in an Arab country, they write your name properly, and they write it in Arabic, and it's really exciting because I don't get my name mangled, and the first time that happened to me, I was like, I can't tell you how much that meant to have my name properly written in a different script on a coffee cup. It was, like, empowering. Brenda, they may struggle with your name, but we'll figure it out, okay? And don't forget, there's no P in Arabic, you know, just so you know,
1: I don't have a P in my name, so that'd be kind of weird. But they'll say Brenda. They'll say that. That's cool. They don't have a B.
4: No, they don't have a P. So it's Bepsi, right? P. So
1: I'm good with that. But we should just good. make up yeah. a name for me, like okay, something you think is like heroic and dashing. Um, let's think of it. Okay, I can have a, a we'll new Qatari avatar of myself. katavatar
4: for sure. I think that, I mean, I intend to disrupt whatever I'm doing, but I also have come to embrace the idea that disruption in these spaces is actually a really beautiful form of creativity and creation. So I'm excited about that.
0: I'm now a little bit nervous that our creative break is going to result in more xylophones, so I want to keep going. (laughs) Or our arrests.
4: spiel glockenspiel
0: uh uh shireen is gonna keep my anxiety on high throughout all of this but in a loving way um, uh i love hearing what everyone's up to uh jess
2: yeah I, the shortest answer is one word for me i'm working on my dissertation Yay! which is on the ut women's basketball team in the 1970s intersection of race gender coming of title IX. i i'm excited about it it's hard i'm at that part of the process where everything feels like it's in front of me I mean, I've I wrote a proposal, so I've written, you know, twenty, thirty pages already. But just with the research and all that sort of stuff, it feels like there's a whole whale to eat. Uh, and every time I eat a few bites, it's the whale still looks like a full whale. So, uh mentally I'm I'm kind of there. But it's exciting anytime I really do like dive into the I love archives, I'm excited to do the interviews that I need to get for this and um so yeah that will keep me very much in the vein of burn it all down the intersection of sport and culture um I will I want to say like I am the luckiest of the co-hosts here that one of my co-hosts moved to where I live um and Amir and I are opposites in ways that work really well (laughs) for the two of us uh and for me one of those things is I am An introverted person it takes literally nothing to get me to cancel like if like there's a whiff of something I'm like I'm out good to good to I'll stay home uh and Amira is not like that (laughs) and so (laughs) I am fortunate I we went to F1 because Amira said we're gonna go on Friday and then bought tickets and then she's like I will drive you I'm coming to your house to pick you up (laughs) like (laughs) so we ended up going to the first practice of the Austin Grand Prix uh Tomorrow night on Wednesday night, she again bought us tickets and I'm going with her to watch a volleyball game uh, (laughs) at the University of Texas. Uh, So one of the things I'm looking forward to, I understand that this will also be happening during the basketball (laughs) season that is upcoming. And so I I feel very fortunate uh, all the time that Amira lives here. You should not that I should tell anyone to move to Texas at this point, but like everyone should consider it um, (laughs) that I'm looking at right now. But yeah, so I, I foresee myself doing more sports uh, this year than I have done in a long time, in large part because of Amira and how she gets me out of the house and actually gets me to go to things. So I'm looking forward to that.
0: Whew. All right, friends. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Can I just note how when you were talking about archiving that Amira was glowing? I just noted that. I'm really excited (laughs) for the diss. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I'm excited.
3: I'm excited. It's all great things. Everybody's doing such great work.
0: flamethrowers so today our patreon episode is um about bold predictions for 2022 since we won't be recording weekly episodes we took some big swings if you're a patron go on over and listen to that it gets a little spicy For our interview this week, Amira talked with Ellie Jean of Gotham FC and Sam Coffey of the
5: Portland Thorns about their first season in the NWSL. I'm trying to rethink like what success is for me. And Mm. like, it doesn't have to be playing 90 minutes. It doesn't have to be playing every game. Like what does success look like? What is a successful career look like? For me, it doesn't necessarily have to be being on the national team or like, because those things at the end of the day, like don't fill you don't feel like can't fill you can't possibly fill you like, of course, it's something that you'd want to achieve. But like, I just think there's so much more to that. And then also, like, you half the time, like people don't end up achieving those things. So, like, how can I base success just off enjoyment of the game, enjoying what I'm doing every day, enjoying the process, enjoy waking up and you know, just knowing that I'm going to go out and play the game that I love. Um, Mm. and that's been super fun actually. And it's given me a lot more joy and a lot less pressure. Check it out in the feed now.
0: It is time for a big old burn pile. Brenda, get us started.
1: This past week, Austrian billionaire Dietrich Mateschitz died. And I'm not celebrating that by any means. Uh, however, I am going to burn the rewriting of his history by sports organizations that he's been involved with specifically and the general press and this tendency. And I I think it's really important in perpetuating generational wealth and white patriarchy Um, that this happens, that people like George W. Bush die, and the fact that he should have been on trial for crimes against humanity is not part of his biography. That seems really essential to me. That's not like a a little like, oh, you're so nitpicky, Brenda. You know, why don't you just let these people get away with killing kids in Laos? You know, just let let them lie. Let them be at peace. And they didn't let anybody be at peace when they were alive. So I'm not really like one of those kinds of historians. So anyway, this man made his money selling, stealing, actually, a hangover cure um, from a Thai duck farmer. That's right. He ended up having to pay out. He had stolen the formula um, and later had to, to pay these people. And he became one of the wealthiest 60 men in the world. He then bought out Leipzig, Red Bull Leipzig, in an effort to undermine the public holdings of the Bundesliga, to pump money in it um, that was needless, that was about controlling um, the brand and building the brand. And he also controlled a television station called Service TV, um, whose editor reported to him and gave a platform to right-wing extremists and Nazi supporters, which is really sad so much so that the Red Bull fans pinned a tweet on the day that Mateschitz died saying, today and forever, don't give Nazis an inch. And I think we should take that that cue from them th- and not participate in this rewriting of Mateschitz history. He was known as a vocal supporter of Donald Trump. He Tried as much as he could to lobby against refugees in Europe. You're against refugees. Like, I don't, I'm anti-refugee. What? Like, what even is that as a position? I'm anti-human rights. I'm anti-migrant. So uh, as someone who was a promoter, really, in the end of right-wing extremism, anti-Semitism. I want to burn the fact that we're celebrating this person. I bet you tons and tons of people died that day that deserved um, much better biographies than they got. And so I don't want to waste a second on this person. So burn. 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 Burn.
4: Shereen. I think that my burn is a little different in the sense of what happened in the situation is really terrible. But I am pleased with how... The parties affected are being supported, and I do want to say that. So it's not a happy burn, but it's it's important to point that out, and I will. So the University of Wisconsin's women's volleyball team won a game, and they were actually celebrating. And in that moment, in their dressing room, they took some photos on the phone of a player Now, they had lifted up their shirts and their sports bras, but that was never meant to be shared publicly. Those photos were leaked, and it's been escalated to an investigation, a criminal investigation. So it's been called cyber sexual assault. When you share images of somebody without their consent, that's actually what it's called. And the circulation of this photo with their breasts exposed without their consent Is a crime. Um, There's this organization called Promoting Awareness Victim Empowerment and Danny Rosen is the chair of that and they said that it's clearly alive and well, the culture of cybersexual assault and irrespective of who the victims are. They could be student athletes, they could be professional athletes, it could just be students. It's still unacceptable. Now, What I think is really important here to remember is consent, consent in every single form. This was not okay, And now there's investigations also criminally happening, but also within the team that who would do this to these people, because they are, you know, (laughs) Wisconsin's like a top 10, big 10 team. They're exposed in so many ways. And now they are vulnerable in certain ways and having to continue and having to continue their academic careers forget don't forget they're on campus they're students right so having to do all this is highly traumatic and embarrassing and humiliating and once those images get online they're never really off they might have been taken down from the sites where they've been shared so according to the Wisconsin Journal there is no clear idea of who shared them. But what I did want to draw attention to is that the University of Wisconsin issued a statement, and in that statement, there was absolutely no pointing to the fact or wrongdoing on the part of the athletes, which I think is actually really key to understand here. They weren't blaming them for taking the photos. They weren't, which is normally what happens, So why take the photo? That's actually not the fucking point. The point is that it shouldn't have been done. And so I like that, these, that these, this team is getting institutional support. I think that's really important, and this could be a blueprint for how to handle situations like this. I mean, because, you know, they, they will be provided appropriate resources to support their well-being as well, and I think that's on the court and off the court, which is really essential. But at the same time, I want to remind people out here, I'm fucking burning the fact that these images were shared. This is essentially an extension of revenge porn. That's what this is. And likening it to anything less than that is unacceptable. So, you know, we stand in solidarity with those who've been affected and victimized by this kind of thing because it's atrocious, it's misogynistic, and it is violent, and it's absolutely traumatizing. So while we offer solidarity to those players, I do want to burn down this type of of non-consensual cyber sexual assault burn Burn. Burn.
3: amira yeah i want to burn what's on tv and what's not um i'll start with what's on tv if you're watching any playoffs this past few weeks because it's election season we're getting a lot and i mean a lot of political ads um one in particular has really been going around because it is so racist. It's so ridiculous. Uh, a group called Citizens for Sanity, which um, doesn't tell you much in the disclosure and disclaimer, um, but is a quote unquote nonprofit, um, supposedly nonpartisan, but LOL at that. Uh, organization that's really just funded by a lot of dark money and a lot of ex-Trump aides and supporters, um, ran ads on Fox platforms. And so that includes Hulu, that includes Fox Sports 1, and then on the actual game feed multiple times had people who were identifiably Latinx coming across borders um, with words like they're, they're drug dealers, they're sex traffickers, they're violent predators. They said there's a giant flood of illegal immigration draining your paychecks, wrecking your schools, ruining your hospitals, threatening your family. One of the ads blamed a recent attack in Vegas. Um, they They can't get too specific because they're not for a specific candidate. So instead they lean into all the racist tropes possible and it aired over and over and over. Uh, I watched Texas football on Saturday. Every single commercial was an awful commercial from from Abbott in California. We've seen all of these ads flood the airways. They're not fact-checked. A lot of them are really racist. A lot of them are horrible and they're only getting worse as the election nears. Um, And I just want all of it to be off my TV. And then when I want something to be on TV, like say, I don't know, women's sports, it's impossible to find. That is very same Longhorn Network That after the Texas football game was over, continued to run these ridiculous ads and talk about football when Texas volleyball, the number one women's volleyball college team in the nation, was in the middle of the game that was supposed to be on Longhorn Network. Longhorn Network has been deleting the, the tweets, as far as I can tell, of people who were like, "Where is volleyball? Where is volleyball? Where is volleyball?" But they're still clinging to a post show for Texas football. Like I, who lost. Like I can't, I can't deal with that. And then, of course, I tried to watch Sam and her thorns play in in these NWSL semis, and despite telling everybody purchase Paramount Plus because that's where you'll get NWSL games all season. We're running into yet another issue. I wish it was the first time where they move the NWSL games, the two semi-final games to CBS Sport Network, which requires another subscription. It's not on CBS and it's not on Paramount Plus. They're not even simulcasting on Paramount Plus. So I If you want to know, watch the Thorn game on Twitch, on a Twitch screen name of somebody named Spanky who had a fan page. Spanky? His name is Spanky. He's a very nice gentleman. He was eating a HelloFresh meal and he loves women's soccer. And that's how I watched the Thorns. And I just had to get used to Spanky every now and again, chiming in with his commentary but that is how i watch the game because i don't have cbs sport network because i pay for paramount plus to see the nwsl which is not there it is so frustrating that this continues to be an issue like fuck all of this we've been saying it since we started this show and we're saying it now put women's sports on tv and burn the rest down (laughs)
2: thank you spanky shout out to spanky (laughs) Jess, friend of the show, JC Cooper, who I interviewed on burn it all down back in January of 2021 contacted me last week. Her email started quote, not sure if you knew this, but in addition to powerlifting, I've been involved in curling for 20 plus years. I currently serve on the USA curling DEI diversity, equity, and inclusion task force. JC informed me that the long tentacles from the Sally Yates report, looking into abuse in the NWSL had made its way into the curling world. Turns out Jeff Plush, who is now CEO of USA Curling, shows up in the Yates report because he was commissioner of the NWSL from 2015 to 2017. Plush did not respond to requests from Yates to be interviewed for the report, which is an interesting enough choice. But then the report found that Plush knew... About the reports of sexual harassment and coercion against former Portland Thorns coach Paul Riley, but looked away as Riley continued coaching in the league that Plush oversaw. Mana Shim specifically told Plush in 2015 about Riley's behavior and the retaliation she faced from Riley. We know he knows because he forwarded Shim's email to US Soccer and then did nothing else. He also knew from about the results of player surveys in 2015 that players had described Chicago Red Stars coach Rory Dames as abusive. Again, he told US Soccer. And nothing else. USA Curling has, of course, backed plush. Last week, USA Curling's DEI task force called for his removal. Quote: As current USA Curling safe sport claims are sent to the CEO, Jeff Plush, we are concerned about the immediate safety of U.S. curlers. No shit. They also wrote that if the board of directors of U.S. curling don't remove plush, the board itself should resign. So far, neither thing has happened. Administrators in the sports world often feel like actors in British movies and TV shows, like there are only 15 people and they just move from position to position, showing up over and over and over again. It seems inevitable that the NWSL mess would bleed over into other organizations for this exact reason, that we see other orgs like USA Curling defending someone at fault in the Yates report is disappointing, that they also don't seem to care about calls from inside the house is fucking disappointing, and I want to burn it all. Burn. burn.
0: Burn. I just want to burn in general the ongoing attack against trans athletes and also the resulting and very expected continuance of those conversations into wanting to ban queer people from public space, period. Um, we've talked a lot on the show about the fight to get trans people out of sports, particularly the fight. From the right to get trans women and girls out of girls' and women's sports. The GOP has weaponized this issue as a campaign promise running on protecting women's sports. You see ads about this thrown in everywhere into all of these ads that Amira has been talking about. It has always been clear. And we have said it, that this is not about protecting women's sports. There are a lot of ways to protect women's sports. Zero of them involve banning trans people from sports. Let's talk a little bit about where that rhetoric has led. Um, I'm going to focus in on Florida right now, where the Department of Education is now seeking the right to fire and revoke the licenses of teachers who discuss LGBTQ topics with students. The medical board in Florida is meeting to write rules that will ban gender-affirming care for trans youth and limit access for trans adults. Groups, Nazi groups (laughs) across the country, and right-wing attack ads are now going after drag queens, trying to ban all drag shows, saying that they are targeted towards girls and little children. And of course, all this bigotry... Why does social justice have to be intersectional? Because bigotry is is intersectional as they come. According to Zinnia Jones on Twitter, by page eight of the Florida Board of Medicine's agenda for their anti-trans rulemaking, the state is already blaming George Soros for the transgender movement. So anti-Semitism is being blamed for the trans movement and they're using these fear-mongering to try and ban any LGBTQ teachers basically from schools. But this is not just Florida. Just last week, House Republicans introduced a bill that would ban discussion and material about LGBTQ people in any federally funded programs that are intended by children under 10 years old. Here's how Republican lawmakers are framing this bill. They are saying Republicans are introducing the Stop the Sexualization of Children Act, the first bill to ensure that none of your tax dollars go to federal programs, state or local government agencies, or private orgs that expose children under 10 to sexually explicit material. But this bill, I mean, that sounds reasonable, but the bill itself defines sexually oriented material as yes, lewd and pornographic material, but also any topic involving gender identity, gender dysphoria, transgenderism, sexual orientation, or related subjects. To quote Alejandro Caraballo on Twitter, this is the American version of Russia's gay propaganda law passed in 2013. This is their end game to censor and ban LGBTQ people from public life and to force them back into the closet. We are two weeks from a very important midterm election. It's very easy to be disillusioned with politics right now and to be disillusioned with both sides of the coin. And I'm very much not thrilled with everything the Democrats are doing. But I do want to urge you all to go vote because this is the Republican agenda right now. Um, and it has nothing to do with protecting women's sports. And the fact that, if you're listening to this podcast, women's sports is something that you love. The fact that they are using that and using the framing of protecting women's sports as a wedge issue to get in these laws that basically ban gay people and trans people from existence should infuriate you. Vote Save America is a resource if you need to find out information on where to vote, who to vote for in your local elections. Um, Google's very prevalent. I just want to you know get political for a second and urge everyone to exercise their rights because- Harm reduction is as good of a reason as any is to vote and to put uh, your vote in this election. I know it's not just the United States um, listening to here, but if you are in the United States and can vote, I urge you to do so. Um, but burn the attack on transgender people.
2: Burn. burn.
0: After that burning, we have got a... Good torch bearers of the week. We got to lift some people up. I'm going to start with figure skating. We had Kiori Sakamoto took home the gold at Skate America 2022. Americans Isabo Levito, and Amber Glenn took silver and bronze. It was such a good competition for Americans overall, with Alexa Niram and Brandon Frazier winning gold in pairs, Madison Shock and Evan Bates winning gold in ice dance, and the quad god himself, seventeen-year-old Ilia Malinin, winning gold in the men's event and becoming the first skater to land a quad axle at an ISU Grand Prix event. Quad axle, so cool.
1: Bren, Hampton defensive back Brian Perkins made history last Wednesday by becoming the first football player at an HBCU to come out as gay.
4: Shereen. Lydia Ko, a professional golfer from New Zealand, won her 18th career title at the BMW Ladies Championships on Sunday with a 7 under 65 in the final round. This was the 18th title of Ko's career and the first in South Korea, which is where she was born.
3: Amira? Amira? Shalice Jones, Jordan Childs, Jade Carey, Leanne Wong, and Sky Blakely have been named to the U.S. gymnastics world team that will compete at the gymnastics world championships, which begin October twenty ninth in Great Britain. Childs tweeted after, "Welp." After trying four times to make a world's team, my time is finally now! Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. (laughs) Words can't explain how happy I am right now. Thank you to everyone for
1: all the love and support and see y'all in Liverpool. Congrats to y'all. Brenda? Casey Badger became the first woman to referee a men's rugby league World Cup game when she officiated a match between Wales and Tonga on Monday. She told BBC Sport that she hoped she served as an inspiration for others, saying, quote, there's a young girl who might start refereeing or getting involved in rugby league in some capacity, whether that be as a fan, player, or a coach, whatever it might be, they might be, get involved because they see what I'm about to do. Congratulations, Casey.
2: Love it. Jess? Jessica Pagula won the biggest title of her career this weekend at the WTA 1000 event in Guadalajara. The American is now at a career-high ranking of number three in the world. She beat Maria Sakari in the final, but it was a great week for Sakari, who clinched the final spot in the WTA finals. She joins Iga Swiatek, Ons Jabur, Pagula, Koga Goff, Caroline Garcia, Aryna Sabalenka, and Daria Katskina at the prestigious WTA year-end championships, which will tip off on October 31st in Fort Worth, Texas.
0: And can I get a big old drum roll, please? Woo! Crystal Dunn is our torchbearer Bearer of the Week. Woo-hoo! She hit a banger three minutes into stoppage time to push the Portland Thorns past the San Diego Wave and into the NWSL Finals, where they'll face the Kansas City Current October 29th in D.C., The goal came just five months after Dunn gave birth to her son, Marcel. Absolutely incredible. Uh, If you go back to a November 2020 episode we had, Brenda interviewed Crystal. So Crystal is officially a flamethrower. That's what that means. I also just want to ask the co-torch bearer, Portland coach, and former Canadian Women's National Team player. I wonder who added that in. Um, (laughs) Rianne Wilkinson, who added this very important caveat after the game. She said, I also don't want other mothers in this league to now think they've got to do what Crystal Dunn did. It's incredible what she did, but it was done very carefully with a lot of very skilled people supporting her return to play. Uh, She continued that some women might be like Crystal Dunn, but some women might be a year and a half to return after her childbirth, and both are fine and should be celebrated. And just while we're at it, the four largest crowds in NWSL playoff history all came in the past two weeks. So some good things to celebrate for sure.
2: What's good, Jess? Uh, Austin FC beat FC Dallas in... Uh, the second round of the, in the playoffs, two one. Uh Beautiful. Sebastian Brucey, who I can't talk enough about, is just so good at, he's so good oh, at soccer. He's so good at soccer. Musajite showed up as a starter. Even at the end, I was proud of Maxi for running down that ball at the end to just waste time because I was dying Absolutely. at the end. I needed it to be over. The second half was not as smooth as the first half, uh, but they held them off. And I just want to say they're facing LAFC in the Western conference finals this upcoming weekend. I'll be a mess about it, but, uh, it's just been really fun. Like I, I keep reminding myself that it's really fun to have this team here and to have this professional team to root for. I know so much about all of these players. I know so much about the team. I I am like, I can identify them by their runs at this point, like the way they run, uh, I want to give a special shout out to uh, my buddies over at Moon Tower Soccer Podcast, Landon and Jeremiah. They come, they have an episode every Tuesday and it's the thing that like makes me smarter about the team. Uh, I don't, sorry to this podcast. I don't love chatty podcasts in general. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> I really appreciate uh, their dynamic and what I learn from them all the time. And I also just want to give a shout out to the striker, which is a Texas soccer site. Uh, Well, not even, it's not just Texas anymore. They've now expanded outside of Texas, but just having this whole, like just being part of this, um, being in the Los Verdes slack, uh, getting to be a part of the supporters group, even if it's in my Jessica way, which is as a lurker uh, in that online space. I, I don't know. It's just been, it's been so much fun. Fun and I just feel like really lucky that we got this season and that we've had. I think he should be the MVP. I don't think he will win it, but that we've had this MVP caliber player uh, on the pitch has just been a delight. So that's what's good. I went to F1 with Amir. We've talked about this already. Yay! Yeah, that's what's good.
0: Love it. I guess I've really been enjoying the NBA. The NBA's return has been a lot of fun. I've watched a lot of good games. One of the funniest things I've ever seen, also one of the most depressing, but I'm just going to stick with funny, is Draymond Green's apology video, quote unquote, that he like self-produced. It was aired uh, in the TNT, and it was about him. Like, uh, it was supposed to be about him. I guess punching his teammate, but he did not say those words. It was basically like the video of equivalent of like reaching an essay word count. It was hysterical. I laughed so hard. I don't know why I found it so funny. I just did. And also two of my favorite reality shows are Back, Love is Blind, and Bachelor in Paradise. So if you want to talk to me about those, please, please, please reach out. Um, you know, SOS. I don't respond to many texts and emails. I'm very bad at it. But I will if it's about Love is Blind or Bachelor in Paradise, I probably will.
1: friend? Um, <laughs> Hmm, I like watching Jessica Luther become a soccer fanatic. I feel like Amira was already well into it, though. This has, you know, Austin gives her one more kind of thing. Um, but watching yeah. Jessica Luther become, and she's not here because she just had to leave, or else she'd be like, "Oh, Bren," or something <laughs> like that. So I'll just do that for "Oh, Bren." Um, means that I get to text her all the time about all these players because they're coming from Argentina and Uruguay, and then I get to be like, "Oh, did you know this about the place where he came out of?" And it's just really fun. I really have have loved it. I'm so excited to see Shireen. And Qatar so excited. It's going to be wild. Yeah. And so this is the last thing. I mean, all of you are always what's good. And you're going to keep on being what's good. But in addition to you is Lionel Messi. And I would like to say I've never seen him live. Wow. Um, in my whole life. I know. If you can believe it, as someone who looks at clips when I'm nervous and name my cat after him um, and all of that other stuff, I will next month get to see him at least three times. So that is really, really probably super good. Shereen?
4: Yeah, I'm going to echo Brenda a little. Like watching Jess, like love men's soccer is not something that I thought would happen. I mean, she was least interested in men's soccer. So it's really fun to watch us. but also the joy with which she talks about it. Because, I mean, we on the show actually – you know, struggle with loving something. So it's wonderful. Like I, and Amira's jubilation about F1 is really inspiring. Yeah. I haven't committed to the Netflix show, but I like, I feel inspired to do it. I know she's already mad at me for not watching Ted Lasso, but, um, As far as good, the Raptors are back, y'all, and the NBA is back. And I'm there with the fervor. I was being fully obnoxious, went to the home opener, which was so great to go support Mark and have uh, Mrs. Drizzy jersey because, of course, I did. Loved it. I love the atmosphere. I love this team. You know, you come after, like, Coloco, you come after me. I want my boys to stay safe and healthy all season. I you know, just wanted to say that I love my classes that I'm teaching. They're engaging. And last week was a really tough week for them. I do want to just shout them out. And I got to class. I'm like, so because we had a lot of readings, and they actually did the fucking readings. And I was like, "What? y'all are superstars? Like, I mean, I just I really love them. Um, Also, uh, my son, Salou, has started this tiktok uh, feature that he takes screenshots of our conversations and he shares them to music which are really funny because and it's <laughs> it's like I, love that. I it's just really hilarious that he does it i've tra- been traveling a lot i actually did an interview i had to fly into new york city and do an interview with kim davis which is amazing um just flew in. i was in new york city for like 16 hours and i made friends with the two arab men who were playing fidu's at the bodega around the corner for me ninth and uh something else some other street maybe 28. I don't know, some number. I don't know. Manhattan confuses me. So that was fun. Also, I finally got Trisha Hersey's book, Rest is Resistance from the Nat Ministry. And I'm trying to absorb it fully as I read it, uh, because I don't want to just read a book talking about how rest is important and not apply it to myself. So I'm trying to be good and, of course, seeing Brenny, Bren, Bren in Qatar will be up to, like, no good. But actually, we will be very obedient.
0: Please be very good. Please be we very good. We will be very
4: obedient <laughs> and follow all the rules and not say and not say any of the things. Uh, we'll just be really good. I can't, like, I just can't even tell you. And the, I would just go to watch Brenda watch Messi. Um, that's will be very wonderful. So, and like I said, if I run into Zizou, I run into Zizou and y'all will find out about it. Not out.
0: Hopefully not in the papers.
1: <laughs> we have to combine we have to combine your dreams and get Zizu to get Britney Griner out. Yeah, I want that to happen. Yes. If we need him, right? And then cause I feel like he's got that power. Does he though? It's a dream. <laughs> Amir, bring us
0: home.
3: Yeah. Um sadly this weekend Leslie Jordan passed away who gave oh. us all so many laughs and joys. Uh, Over the pandemic and and beyond that with his incredible career, but it made me think of the one of the last videos he made was talking about Putin and he said, look, you want all the gay people out of Russia, but then you have that wonderful basketball player there, make up your mind. (laughs) And and it was just like the first time I was able to laugh around that. Yeah, it was a really exhilarating sporting weekend, one of those where I felt like my nerves were just, like, too much almost, because it was going right, like, starting with um, F1 on Friday and, like, being there live and, like, the smell and the sound and, like, all of that. Um, I really loved it. By the way, it's a lot of walking, okay? Like, you forget when you watch it on TV, you can feel like some of the tracks are flat or, like, you know that they're kind of going uphill, but you don't think about it until you're there and you have to walk very much up (laughs) like to get to the first corner and then like drop down again it was chaos um but it led into a weekend where where you saw Manchester United is like figuring (laughs) out some sort of rhythm it's you know, not all terrible. And so that makes me really happy. They're in a really hard stretch right now. And it went right into college. Ronaldo fl-
4: got benched.
3: Yeah, he got benched <laughs> and it was glorious. And he also had to train alone for three days, which was hilarious <laughs> and really kind of put in his place in a way that I found um, wonderful. And so that's been great. And uh, then on Sunday, it went right from the race Literally, right when it ended, the thorns game started, and then right when the thorns game ended, I had like 30 minutes to try to calm down before Austin FC started playing, and my nerd like I was just screaming about everything. Uh, I texted Lindsay at one point because I forgot <laughs> <laughs> I forgot Deirka was pregnant, and she posted a picture and said peekaboo with her stomach, and I screamed so loudly. Michael was like, "What happened?" and I was like, "Oh, never mind. I already knew that." <laughs> Then I had to explain to him that I saw a picture of somebody being pregnant who I already knew was pregnant, but it shocked me and my nerves were just high. And that's why I was screaming about everything.
0: And this is why Michael roots for Amira's team.
3: Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So my nerves were fried. And then I went right into the House of Dragon finale. Um, And if you haven't seen the two people who play the leads on the show, Emma DeArcy, who they are fabulous. They are fabulous in this show. And Olivia Cook. and I know like Game of Thrones, House of Dragons, not everybody's cup of tea, which is like totally valid. Um, But do yourself a favor and Google Emma D'Arcy and Olivia Cook because their chemistry is phenomenal. And you might have seen on Twitter, everybody talking about the way Emma said Negroni um, and their drink order. What's your drink of choice? A Negroni. I was going to say thing. Yeah.
4: Magliato. With Prosecco in it.
3: Oh, stunning. Yeah. Um, it was incredibly sexy and sensual and um, it's just great to see them act in anything. So it was a really solid weekend, I have to say. And next weekend I'm off to a writing retreat in a yurt in Texas Hill Country. So send me good vibes for all of those reasons.
0: What we're watching everything over the next couple of bits, I want to, you know, specific shout out NWSL final is on CBS in primetime on Saturday night. Tune in so that they'll get more primetime shots, um, MLS playoffs, everything, MLB World Series, uh, Women's College Basketball starting soon, WTA finals. It's going to be in, well, in the central time zone. It's happening in Fort Worth. So excited about that. Just keep watching sports, keep supporting women's sports, keep it going, friends. We're so, so grateful for you. Um, That's it for this episode of Burn It All Down. This episode was produced by Tressa Versteg and Shelby Weldon is our web and social media wizard. And just want to give an extra, extra special thank you to Tressa and Shelby. Nothing we do is possible without the two of them and all the work that they've taken on over the past few years. And we are endlessly grateful that they've been a part of our team and our family. Um, Burn It All Down uh, is part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Um, You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen and subscribe and rate. Still do that. That still helps us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and TuneIn. Um, Our socials will not stay active during um, our hiatus, but our the Burn It All Down official socials, but our personal socials definitely will. And yeah, we're going to keep our website up and going where you'll find show links and transcripts, burnitalldownpod.com. Now more than ever, we're trying to take our own advice. Burn on, friends, but please don't burn out. We love you.